Welcome to the Forency Podcast. Forency.us is a language training website for Hebrew, Arabic, and Russian designed specifically for intermediate to advanced learners. Our daily lessons prepare you to read real foreign language news articles and listen to actual foreign language media on a wide variety of subjects to put you on the path to language mastery. In this episode of the podcast, I spoke with director Kamal Hashkar, who made the film Tinirir Jerusalem, Echoes from the Malah. The film documents the story of the Berber Jews from the city of Tinirir, who left in the 1960s with the majority of them winding up in Israel. In the film, Kamal travels to Morocco to interview the people of Tinirir about their past lives coexisting with the Jews, and he also makes his way to Israel, where he found many of the people who left and succeeds in capturing the memories of their past lives. I had a great time speaking with him, and I hope you enjoy the show. I'm here today with director Kamal Ashkar, who directed the film Tinirir Jerusalem, Echoes from the Melah, which came out in 2013. Thanks for being here today. So I first heard about yeah. you and your documentary about a year ago when my wife and I were living in Virginia and the doorman of our apartment was Berber. And he knew I spoke Arabic, so we would make small talk when I'd come home or when I'd leave. And eventually it came up that I was Jewish. And literally the first thing he did was he went and got a pen and paper and he wrote down your name and he wrote down the name of your movie. And he started going on and on about the movie. And he was talking with so much pride about the history of, of the Jews in Morocco. And it was very similar to the way that people in your documentary spoke about their lives there. And after that, I found you on Twitter. And I sent you a message. And then we finally managed to, um, to sync up recently. So I just thought I'd share that story with yeah. you because I thought it was interesting. So many people who are listening to the podcast haven't seen the film. Would you mind telling me a little about the history of the Jews in Morocco and, and also telling us what is a Melah? The Melah is the name of the Jewish quarter in Morocco. But in uh, Berber town, there, there are not Melah, you know, because the, the houses is very close. You have a Muslim house, Jewish house. It's very, they live together, you know. And that season, the, the presence of Jewish in Tinrir, specifically in Tinrir, is very uh, old, very, very old, you know, from the antiquity. When I started to make this movie, I wanted to know why Jews left Morocco, tout simplement. I was born in Morocco, in Tinrir, it's my hometown. And uh, I never heard about Jews in Morocco, you know, the, my first connection with the Jewish culture, it was in school in French, with the Shoah, with the destruction of uh, Jewish by Hitler, you know. Right. And uh, when I was a teenager, well, I grew up in French, but we were always in holiday in Morocco, you know, until specifically in January, to visit my grandparents, uh, my cousin, and etc. And uh, one day, my grandfather told me about... Uh, his friend, Moshe and David from Tinrir. And I was very surprised because for me, the Moroccan, uh, it's only Mustafa, Mohammed, and uh, he started to talk to me about this big story. In this moment, I started to ask the whole people because I wanted to know how it is possible to leave your country, your house, your childhood, your friends, you know, and uh, I wanted to reconnect it uh, by this story, you know. And you yourself, you're, you are a Berber, correct? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm totally Berber and uh, 
I am French and Moroccan because I, st- I was teacher of history in French first. And, and how, what role did your Berber and, ethnicity uh, and, right. and your identity play in, in feeling the need to tell the story? Because I feel like there, there were some similarities between your identity as a Berber and the identity that the Jews of Tangier, uh, Tangier felt. Yeah, I think because, uh, you know, with the Pan-Arabism during uh, many years in Morocco, we were marginalized by the state, you know, by Islamists and by Pan-Arabists, because for them, Moroccan is only Arab and Muslim. And sorry, the origin of Morocco is Amazir. This land is Amazir. We are not Arab, you know. And I think the similarity between uh, la proximité between Jews and, uh, and for Arab, we are the minority, but we are not a minority. We are the majority in this uh, country. We didn't forget the language. We didn't forget our culture. And uh, I'm not nationalist, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, um, I discovered during making this movie the deep of this Amazigh culture, you know. When I was in front of my grandfather or my grandmother, I saw how this culture is so important. They talked about exile, about empty houses by metaphor, by poems. And for me, it was the way also to give a dignity for these people, Jewish and Muslim Berber. And for me, it's very important specifically now. When my movie was shown in the prime time in Morocco, the reaction has generated a big, big discussion in society because it was a taboo to talk about Jewish and Berber culture, you know, in prime time on channel, Morocco channel too, you know. Right. And the Islamists and Pan-Arabis did not want to see the movie. They wanted to censure, to, to tell, ah, this movie, it's a Zionist movie. Uh, he wants normalization with Israel, blah, blah, blah. But no, it was not my goal, you know. And what was, was the, just to talk about our story. Right. I read that there were protests when the movie came out. But what, what interests me is what was the audience's reaction in Morocco? When, so the people who went to go see the movie, how did they react to it? The reaction were very, very positive. From the whole people, they remind them the past, you know, how it was incredible, this past, this coexistence between Jews and Muslims in the city, in the campaign, etc. etc. And for the new generation, they discovered a part of Moroccan identity, this Jewish identity. And for them, it was a big surprise to see how this Moroccan uh, Jewish uh, became Israeli now. They didn't forget the language. They're speaking until now in Moroccan Arabic and also even also in uh, Berber, you know. And for them, wow, it was a big surprise. And uh, they were very proud by this uh, plurality. And uh, wow, he is Jewish and he's speaking uh, in Berber. Was that something you noticed immediately when the movie started and when people were watching it, that as soon as the people in Israel that you're interviewing, the, the Tinirir Jews, when they start speaking Berber or Moroccan Arabic, did you see any changes on the people's faces in the audience or how they reacted to that? If I saw the reaction during the, yeah, of course, there is a, 
a little sequences uh, in my movie with uh, Yakut when I'm looking for Hanish Munyal. And I hit the door, you know, because I saw Mer- perhaps she was a Moroccan, I don't know. And uh, yeah, I'm looking for Hanish Munyal, blah, blah, blah. I'm Muslim. And wow. And she makes a politic discourse about peace, you know. She tells, uh, yeah, it's haram to kill uh, other people. Uh, we have to live together, Jewish and Muslim. And these sequences are emu. The people, they applaud, wow, it's incredible. Talking in American Arabic, she, she, she was pride by my, this Moroccan identity. And uh, right. it was a very powerful uh, sequences in the movie. One thing I found really interesting was that you capture about like three different perspectives that I noticed where the first is how the people in Tigrir remember the Jews. So how the locals who are still there remember them. The second was how the Jews who left Tigrir, who are now in Israel, remember it, remember their childhood and leaving. And then the last one was, was your experience encountering both. Let's start with the first one. So when you were filming in Tigrir, when you're talking to your grandmother and your grandfather um, and other elders in, in the city, how do they remember the Jews who left and, and their lives with them? How do they remember that time? Now, for them, the presence with Jews, the coexistence with Jews, is a synonym with the happiness, with the prosperity, with a lot of things, you know. After the, this departure of Jewish, you know, it was very hard for Tinrir and the, it was empty and, uh, you know, when we, we lived together during many, many years and suddenly in one night, all Jews left Morocco, all Jews left Tenerife. It was complicated and uh, it was hard to say, yeah, it was very, they, they were very moving and they wanted to talk about this story because they never understand why Jews left Morocco. They never understand. For them, it's uh, when I asked my grandfather if someone came to tell you, yeah, you have to leave Morocco. He told me, no, it's impossible because it's my country here. I cannot leave another places, you know. Right. And uh, it's a big uh, loss for, uh, for us, for them, for all of us, you know. And you feel that when you're watching the movie that there's a void that hasn't been filled since that time the local people still remember their lives from that time and the houses yeah. that they lived in. And of course, it was like yesterday for them. When you saw my, the uncle of my mother, ah, it's the house of uh, Moshe. It's a, uh, I think it's impossible to forget, you know? One thing I had trouble understanding was the reasons why they left. So the majority of them left in the early 1960s. Yeah. Um, was there growing tension between the communities? Was it an effort by... Yeah, the reasons uh, are very complex and uh, there are not one reasons, you know. And uh, specific, for the Berber Jews, they were very religious, you know. They believed in the Messiah to be in Jerusalem. You know, it was like a dream for them, you know, from the Bible. And when the Zionist movement came to tell them, Yalla, go, we will go to Jerusalem, uh, the city of Or, blah, 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 blah. And they wanted to go, of course, you know. And when they saw also this family left, this family live, and they cannot be uh, alone, you know, in the Berber town. 
and also Zionist movement, Pan-Arabism with the Istiklal party in Morocco, the creation of the State of Israel, the independence of Morocco has contributed to about this disparation, you know, this disappear, sorry. And uh, we have not one reasons, you know, and uh, the majority of uh, Berber Jews left for Israel, if I leave to, for Israel. Right, and about halfway through the documentary, you leave Morocco and you travel to Israel to track down the, the Jews who had left or what was left of them. Before we get into that, I noticed that, so how long did the movie take for you to make? Because you also started learning Hebrew in the process. Yeah, for four and five years. Okay. You know, to find the money, to find these people. It was like Mektub, you know, the destiny, my destiny, <laughs> you know, it's like a reparation. In Hebrew, there is a word, uh, it uh, means uh, tikkun, you know. It was like a tikkun. Like correct, to, like putting something right. Yeah, to make a reparation about this exile, this separation right. between these two communities. They told me, ah, you are crazy. It's impossible for you to find them. And uh, there is uh, 7 million uh, Israeli in Israel. And uh, it's, uh, it's hard. And, uh, but I uh, had chance, lucky. <laughs> I was very lucky. It seems like you found plenty of people to, to speak with. Does, does the majority of the population live in a, in a certain area? How did you end up finding them? Yes, fat, and I found a lot of Jews, you know, in in Israel, in the north, in the south, and uh, a lot of places, you know. I did a casting, like a casting, you know, to choose uh, the best person, right. the best character to explain me this departure, this feeling about uh, this American identity, and uh, I found these two incredible women. Uh, in Sfat and uh, in Yavne, and Isha El Kubi, and you know, when I found one, I found uh, everyone, you know, right. it was very. There's the scene when you, I think when you first arrive there and you're, you're on a walk and you're pulled into a clothing store by an elderly man who I think was from Tinikhir, and you guys start speaking together. It's in a, in a big clothing store. What yeah. was that feeling like for you? when you started speaking with them and you encountered the people who you had been investigating? It was like a dream, you know, because it was like a puzzle. And I started to make this puzzle to understand all the biggest story uh, through this individual story of these people. It was like to enter the inside the history, the big history. And uh, yeah, it was very moving because they know my grandfather specifically. They, because my family, it's a big family in Tinri, very famous, and etc. Uh, etc. Et and uh, when they saw me, they were very surprised and happy. And for them, it was the first time to see 50 years after the departure, a young Muslim uh, Moroccan came to ask them about this departure, you know. And for me, it wasn't. An incredible experience. I found myself also. I reconnected with my... Uh, I never broke with my uh, identity, but uh, now it's more deep, you know. I found really myself by this absence, Jewish absence. When and, you started um, speaking with them, were they familiar to you? Like the way they spoke and their mannerisms and how they looked? Yeah. It was like we were a family, you know. We, we are a family of... 
like Nini and Alicia, it's like my grandmother, you know, and also for them, you know, and uh, no, no, they adopted me. They, no, it was very uh, credible meeting. One of the more interesting things about the conversations that you had with the Jews who you interviewed was you see they, at first, they kind of struggle to speak. No, they're not struggling to speak Arabic. They understand it fluently. But then they start speaking it with you and they're mixing in some Hebrew. And then like pretty quickly, they, they start speaking Berber with you. I found that re- very interesting how quickly it came back to them. Yeah, of course. Specifically this Shalom uh, Luz when they started to talk with my father, by Skype, all the Moroccan Muslim, when they saw this part of the movie, it was like, uh, wow. I thought that was maybe the most emotional part of the movie. When yeah, he- yeah, of course, because they remember all this friend and the, you know, realize, realized all this world has disappeared, you know, by the death of the people, you know. Right. He's dead, he's dead, he's dead. And... Uh, was very sad and uh, funny at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. But especially the, the pause that he has afterwards when he hangs up the phone with your dad um, and he had been speaking in Berber with him and they, you know, they're going back and forth about their lives there and come visit and this and that. And then they hang up and he, he's not like bawling, but he, he's crying a little bit. And he's yeah. like, and he's silent. Yeah, at the end of the interview, it was, uh, imagine... You left your country 50 years before and one guy came to ask you about this uh, and he reconnect you with the past, you know, by the voice, by the language. It's very moving for them, of course. It's very interesting because there's a com- it's completely different, the experience of Jews who left the Middle East compared to Jews who left Europe. Why do Moroccan Jews in particular have such a connection to Morocco compared to... Because they never expelled from the Morocco. Until now, the whole people, the new generation, continue to come to Morocco to visit, to make a pilgrimage here. To They never expelled and all the king uh, protect the Jews, you know. And um, we have this Incredible. It's also the land of Jews, Morocco, you know, with the Tzadikim, etc., etc. And they cannot to forget. And for them, it, uh, it was not the experience uh, from the people from the Yemen and the Iraq and uh, mm-hmm. Egypt and loved also the country, the language, the Arabic, etc., etc. But here they can come, you know. They can visit. They can, uh, on the, now we have a big uh, politic about uh, renovation of the whole cemetery, a synagogue also by the king, by the state of Morocco. And because they realized it's very important to continue to protect uh, this part of identity. And the last constitution in Morocco recognized for the first time the Berber and the Jewish identity here in Morocco. And I think it's very important politically. Right. So the people who you interviewed in Morocco, they, when they were speaking of, of the Jews who left, there was no ill will. There was no, they talk about how nice it was, how pleasant it was, how everybody got along. And then they're definitely surprised that they left. And I think they struggled to understand that. When you interviewed the Jews in, in Israel who are either from Tinghir or of Moroccan descent, how do they remember their lives there? What kind of, especially the, the elderly people, how, how do they remember it? Yeah. The story of uh, the relation between Jews and Muslims in Morocco 
is not black or white, you know. Of course, sometimes it was hard to be Jewish in Morocco. It depends the king, it depends the politics, it depends the context, you know. But I ask them, tell me something uh, bad about Morocco, about the relationship. I succeeded just with one sentence from Hanini when she started to tell me, yeah, in her 48, uh, when the state of Israel uh, was created and uh, it was a little bit hard and et cetera, et cetera. But they don't want to remember about these bad moments. They wanted only to remember about positive moments because I, I think it was the majority of the moments and uh, through the music, through the religion, through the, a lot of things, you know. You know, there is a difference between memory. The memory is very selective between memory and history. Of course, it depends the moments on the context, you know, it was not black or white. But finally, if we have this uh, incredible relationship between us until now, it's because we live together, you know. And of course, some uh, historians uh, now, they want to change this analysis and to tell ya, the Jewish were inferior if you compare with the Muslim. But, 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 but all these historians uh, are very ideological. They are very Zionist and they want to convince it was the only way to just have to left Morocco, leave Morocco, you know. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I think one reason why, especially the older people you interviewed in, in Israel, or at least the, the few that, that you interviewed, they define their identity as Moroccan or Berber or at least first, not as Israeli first. Do you think that's because when they got to Israel, life wasn't as good as they imagined? Yeah, but first, you know, you, you have to know it was hard to be American in the 15-16, you know? There is a competition between Ashkenaz and the Sfaradim, you know? And it was more hard to be I'm from I'm Berber because in the slang language in Israel, Shluch, it's like primitive, you know, without culture, without right. uh, et cetera, et cetera. And is that and the, now, from the Arabic word? There is a revival about this, you know. Right. Shlohim, I think is the word you're... The, yeah, it's Berber, you know. Right. But Shlohim, in the slang language, in Hebrew, it's like uh, primitive, <laughs> you know. Don't, uh, always the people, when they ask them about, where are you from? I'm from Casablanca, I'm fast because it's a big city, modern, and blah, blah, blah. Right. But now there is a revival about, yeah, now they are very proud. I am from the Atlas Mountain, from Tinrir, from Warzazar, from Telouet, Chizgi, etc., etc. And also from the new generation, now I'm preparing a new movie about this new generation, about two artists living in Jerusalem, singing in Moroccan Arabic with the Shluch roots, you know, Berber roots. And they, they speak in uh, Morocco, in Darija, they sing in Moroccan Arabic, they speak also in Palestinian. And they, um, this is very important to show that, you know. If there's one message or lesson that you want people to see your film to come away with, what, what would that be? You know, uh, in this context with the populism, with the demagogy, with the racism, anti-Semitism in the world, Trump in America, Marine Le Pen in France, Islamists in uh, my country, for example, they, they are the same, you know, because they, 
they don't want to be in connection with the other culture, you know. They want to tell us there is only one, it is possible to be just one, you know. But me, I am French, I am Moroccan, I am Berber, I am uh, Muslim but secular, I'm not religious. Also in Israel, it is possible to be Israeli and Moroccan and Berber, for example, you know, I'm Jewish. And uh, yeah, the message is uh, that uh, we need the other for to know uh, yourself, you know, for to... I believe in the cosmopolitanism, in the plurality, by the language, by the culture, by the music, and, uh, and we have to build the new territories because it's, uh, this world is uh, a chaos, you know, with Iraq uh, and a lot of place in this world. It's terrible with the terrorism, with the everything. And uh, I think it's uh, also important to show the positive way for to live together. And where can people see the movie? By internet, they can find it, uh, just they put Tinrir uh, Jerusalem and uh, they can find it uh, by VOD and uh, it's very easy. And the Kamalashkar, they can ask me by Instagram, by right. Facebook also. Twitter. Um, well, I think that's a great place to leave off. So, so thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with you and um, I look forward to your future work. Thank you. Thank you. I will send you the teaser of this new work on the we will talk uh, very soon next uh, That'd be great. Next year. Inshallah. Inshallah. Inshallah.